Welcome to Adventures in ESL Podcast, a podcast for K-12 ESL teachers who want to learn strategies and tips for planning for their English language learners. I am Millie and I will be your host on this ESL adventure. What I'm going to be doing today, everyone, is um, I'm going to be sharing with you how I track data with my language learners. And this is something that I'm really making sure this school year that I am going to be focusing in on a lot. One of the reasons why I was really good about it in middle school and a transition over to elementary, and I realized the last year and a half with the elementary students, I just didn't do it the way I should be. So this year, I'm making sure I'm going really hard about tracking the data. I just Friday, I set up my own teacher data binder and I spent like two or three hours trying to figure out like what needs to go in my teacher data binder at the beginning of the school year. I set up the student's data binder, which you are going to be seeing right now as I'm going through that process with you of like how that looks like, what, you know, what to include in it. I know a lot of you all had questions about like, how do I even start? Like, where, where do I even begin? So that's what I wanted to walk you all through today is like, where do you start? Where do you begin? How do you do this? And it can be very overwhelming. And I just want to encourage you all just to implement just little pieces at a time until you feel comfortable. So before we jump into today's training, you know, I always want to encourage you all to, if you have not, I have, and it's the beginning of the school year for many of you, I know a lot of your students return after Labor Day. So if you haven't already, just make sure you download the ultimate guide to a successful school year. It just walks you through a brief overview of just simple steps you can take. I will make sure to link that for you all if you want access to that as well. And before we jump into today's like the how to the tips and the strategies, I want to encourage you all to reflect. And our reflection question today is really, really simple. So I want you to use a scale from zero to 10 and I want you to rate how well you and your students did with tracking their data last school year. If you feel comfortable, you can put it in the chat. Uh, But I want you to start off thinking about that. I know for me, if I am being honest with myself, last school year, I was at about uh, between like a 4.5 with it. Like I did some data tracking with them, but I wasn't as intentional as I should have been and how I plan on doing it this school year. So take a moment to reflect on this question Think about this question and just really answer honestly where you are. So for me, some areas of growth from the previous school year that I could have done was um, having them track their daily goals. I didn't do that. I could have done like weekly reflections with them. I, I didn't really do that as well. I did have them track their overall goals, but like I said, I want to be way more intentional about that this school year. So I know a problem that many of us have as teachers is that we don't really know how to set the language goals. And we also sometimes struggle with having the tools that we need to track the data and the progress of our students. Like many of you, this is where I struggled as well. I knew the power of setting goals with my students, but I didn't know how to set them and how students can track these goals throughout the school year. 
one thing that I started to do was like, I started to reflect on what worked for me personally. And I started to begin doing a personal journey of just professional development around how to set goals in the classroom. And one thing that I came across was SMART goals. And if you're a new teacher and you're like, what is a SMART goal? Um, a SMART goal stands for um, specific, measurable, achievable, relevant, and time bound. So one of the other things that I noticed is that I could not find resources that would allow students to officially track their language goals. So I knew there was a gap there. Um, I looked, I looked, I, there are some, but there weren't any as in depth as I know that I would have liked to have for my students. So one of the things that I did is like, after having an understanding of what I needed, I knew that some of my next steps were to create resources that meet those needs. So one of the things that I did was um, I sat down, brainstormed like everything that I want in my data binder. Excuse my dog, you all. <laughs> everything that I wanted in my data binder. I also made some mistakes along the way and I want to share those mistakes with you, okay? So one of the things that I did, um, one of the mistakes that I made was that I did not really dive into the student's data beforehand. So one of the things that I want to encourage you all to do is before you set any language goals for your students or have them set any type of goals, you need to really do a deep dive in their data. I recommend reviewing their language assessments from the previous school year if they've taken it at the end of the school year. If you have newcomers this school year, um, you can use the data at the beginning of the school year. You don't have to use language data. You can use things like benchmark data for your district. I like using the language data because it gives us those four domains of language for them to track throughout the school year. So before you even jump into any of this that I'm showing you today, make sure you take a really, really take time to analyze your students' data. I like to analyze any trends that I see. So for example, if I notice that there is a decline in, in writing, that's a trend, something that I need to address this school year. I also wanna encourage any positive trends that I might see. So if I notice that there was a, a upward trend of the speaking scores going up. So I think about, well, what did I do differently? So really take the time before you do anything with the data tracking to analyze your students' data, identify areas of growth, identify any trends that you may have. Um, and also, one of the things that I want to also um, let you all know to do is that if there are any areas of decline, really, really, really think about like, okay, what did you do? <laughs> what were the students doing? What was happening? Um, are there any areas for me to improve if there were any areas of decline? Um, and so once you have those key points and that information, you can really move forward in helping your students set those language goals for the school year. The next thing that once I kind of analyze each student's data, then I have the students review their data. And we're going to talk about that in a moment when I go through the data binder. But I really have the students review their data. And I do this in my classroom by having them write and graph their data for the previous two years. This allows the students to visualize the areas where they excelled and the areas where they declined. 
And I think this is a really key component of them setting their goals. They have a visual representation of, okay, I now see that I declined in this area and I see that I in, increased in this area. And I want to say when the students are doing this, and you'll see how to do this in a moment, they really have a lot of light bulb moments like, oh, wow, why did I go down? Um, you know, what happened? They, they're kind of thinking about that too. So I really like doing it at the beginning of the school year. And then after the students kind of see that visual of their data, then we move to setting a SMART goal for each domain of language. So I have them graph all the data, write all the data first. And then I go back and then I say, okay, so you kind of see these areas maybe where you went down, you kind of, you kind of flatlined, um, you increase. So what are your goals going to be around this area? And then we set goals around the area. So like I said, first we analyze it, we write it down, graph it, and then we have a student set a SMART goal. So for example, I have a student for it that scored a 3.5 in speaking in her third grade year, and then a 2.8 in speaking in her fourth grade year. So on the graph, she's going to see a decline. And then me and her might have a conversation on well, why do you think that declined? You know, like what happened? And a lot of times you may have to kind of model this for them. And I do encourage you to model it with like just sample data. You can have like um, a sample graph where you're doing it and kind of modeling your thinking. But, and when you have these conversations, the students can kind of start to think through maybe like, you know, well, you know, maybe I didn't, you know, talk as long as I should have, or maybe my vocabulary wasn't as specific as it needs to. And this is why when I'm having these conversations, I then introduce like the speaking and writing rubrics I have and how to have them kind of go through and review and let's talk through it. Um, and these are, and I take about a week to do this. So this is not something I do in a day. This is something like ongoing throughout a week um, as well. So then what I do is that um, when we use that rubric, we then can now also set very specific goals. Now, this can be done as a whole group activity where you can have them brainstorm as a group. And also, like I said, if it needs to take a couple of class periods, that's okay. So what I'm gonna go ahead and do is switch over to um, the data binder and kind of walk you through, because a lot of you all have asked about this, and kind of walk you through what I mean and as an example of how this might look like in your classroom. So I have a student or have a group of students. We're starting off. I usually let them color and decorate the binder. So they have the binder. I have them color and I have them decorate the binder. Now on the next here are tabs. Now this school year, um, I did not feel like cutting and laminating the tabs. You can. This year I just went to Walmart and I bought dividers for the students. I was just like, I just don't feel like doing it. But this is here for you. If you want to, you can print it out, cut it and laminate it for the students and then have them put it on um, the tab um, on the pages where you can hold or glue the tabs on. And I'll show you that in a minute. Um, of course, this is a table of contents. And once again, you can have the students color it in, have them decorate it however they want to for the table of contents. And so the first section um, is the goals. And a part of me kind of wants to 
um, switch it around. Um, I'm going to leave it for right now, but you see what I mean right here is that if you want to, you can take the tabs and then you can glue it right here for the tabs. So that's up to you. But this uh, first section, you see where they have the listening smart goals, the reading smart goals, speaking smart goals, and writing smart goals. So you see each smart goal right there. This is something, like I said, I am not, it's your choice if you want to do this first. But for me, I've just found out that them actually doing the goal setting first and then going back doing the SMART goals is just more beneficial for me and my classroom. So I'm going to go ahead and dive in a little bit and let's go ahead and start off with listening. So I have the students, I give them um, a piece of paper and on the piece of paper, it has like their scores for each year. And I actually have them write it down. So for example, if they had a 4.5 in listening, um, and let me make it a little bit, let's do this because you can see better. So they had a 4.5 in listening. This is something I see all the time that happens. So I'm going to do a real scenario. They'll have a six. So that's usually the highest domain I see. They'll have a six. And I will then just have them fill out the scores right now. So I don't do this part yet. So the next thing I do is if they're reading scores. So they may have a 2.3 in reading. Let's say they went up to a 3.6 in reading for that. And then next is the speaking. So let's say they had a 2.5 in speaking, went up to a 3.2 in speaking. And then, okay, now I have them do their writing. So right here, they'll just write their writing score. Let's say they started off with a 3.0 in writing, and then they went up to a 4.3 in writing. And then that's their score for that. So our state uh, automatically calculates the literacy scores for them. I am just going to say, uh, oh, just so you know, the literacy scores, if you're wondering, the literacy scores is um, half of the reading, half of the writing. I'll double check that for you all, but that's how it is. Um, in our state, half reading, half writing. So um, I'll go ahead and let me calculate that. I'm going to try to be precise. <laughs> calculate, calculator. Um, so the reading is 2.3 plus 3.0 divided by... Okay, so we'll say 2.7 there. Okay, and then we'll say 3.6 plus 4.3 divided by 2. We'll say 4.0. We'll round it up. Okay, so then we have that right there for them. And then they have their overall score just for this i'm just going to divide all four but there's also a calculation on how they do it and i don't think it's even you all for us so i really think that the 
reading and writing, if I'm not mistaken, is I want to say 35%. Yep. Okay. So the reading and writing is 35% and the speaking and listening is 15%. So that's how they calculated um, for WIDA actually. Um, so for this, I'm just going to add all of them up together though. And then just divide by four. So let's do 4.5, 2.3. So the students will have all of the stores scores calculated for them, all written down for them, all ready to go. And then they will write them on this section of the data binder. So now it time comes to the goals. So I see this, like I said, a lot with the listening. They all score a perfect score. And then a lot of them, they ask, so what should my goal be? I always say to keep it. <laughs> so if you have a score here that's a six, your goal is to maintain it. You know, that is your goal. So that's the highest level they have here is a six. So I'll tell them like your goal here is a six. Now here in our state, they have um, what they call a growth trajectory. And so you can use that if your state has that. Um, what I always encourage my students to do is if they are at a 3.6, then their next goal should be bumped up to a, at least a four. Like you should be, to me, that's attainable. Like if you're right here at a 3.6, I know this school year you can get a four. So I'm just going to say um, a level four for them as well. Same thing here. Um, if you're a level three, you can be bumped up to a level four. So I have them go up to an, another level four and the growth chart usually shows this as well for writing. If they're at one level, all you have to do is have them go up to the next level. I believe that's definitely attainable. Um, sometimes they're more like, well, I want this to be a six, 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 six. And then that's when we're kind of going into those conversations about, hey, you know, um, you know, you want to make sure it's attainable. What you can, if you, if you get a six, that's great, but you want to set your goals around something that you know that you can hit. Um, and you might can hit a six. And sometimes if they, if they're kind of like, well, I know I can do it. I just, I just let them have it. I'm like, okay, great. That's fine. I'm not going to get into a power struggle, um, about it with them. And then the next thing I bump their level four, they can go up to a level five. And here, for example, now for something like this, where it's kind of close, um, I might really encourage them like, Hey, let's try to do like a, a 4.5 or something like that for it. You know, something like where that, I wouldn't say a level four, I mean, level four definitely is attainable, but really making sure it's somewhat of, of a challenge for them. So now they have all of this filled out. And then, like I told you, the next step we're going to do is the visual part of it. So, um, on the next page right here, you'll see at the bottom where it says WIDA listening. And we know that our listening score, um, is a 4.5. So I then have them on the graph, pick a color, for each year. So let's say for this year, for 2022, let's do design layout, table design. Let's do shading. Let's just use um, yellow for that first one. Okay. Um, and then I have them go to the next year, the reading. Um, 
I'm going to just make this 2.5 just because it'll be easier to graph. Okay, so 2.5 for reading. So we have, they go up, reading, 2.5, okay? The next one we have is speaking and writing. So our speaking is 2.5 and our writing is 3.0. So we have our speaking 2.5 shaded. And this is their coloring this themselves, writing 3.0. So that's how, how that will look for them. So they're shading this in, coloring this in on their graphs and their chart. The next thing that we do um, is the next year. So their score for their listening is a six. So they go all the way up. Oops. And then let me just have that blue. So as you kind of can see that it's coming, is a very visual uh, chart for them. And then they all have their goal. And their goal for that year is to keep uh, level six. So we're going to have that as green. Same thing here. So for their reading for 2023, I'm just going to do um, a four just so we can see. We have that blue. Okay. And then their goal, and I'm just going to bump it up to a 4.5 so you can kind of see how it might look. And then like a green. So you can kind of see here, the students can kind of see like, oh, hey, um, oh, I'm, I'm going up. I want to show you an example really quickly of how it might look if they go down. I'm just going to change the numbers on the second one really quickly. Um, so they have speaking. Let's say they were to 2.5, but they went down to a 1.5. Um, that's a blue. And then they're like, oh, <laughs> Or let's say they had their writing and then they went down to a 2.5 with their writing. And then um, they're like, oh, they can see, especially if you have newcomers, they can see like, oh, it was up here and now it's down here. Oh, wow. You know, and then that's when you can kind of start to have those, you know, conversations around, well, can you think back? What was going on around that time? What do you think you can improve on? What are some areas of growth? You talk about some strategies and this is like an ongoing discussion that I do have with them all year long and not just at the beginning of the school year. So I do this with them and then I go back and then we set smart goals and I can share some resources on how to do that um, with you all. But at this point, it won't let me type in here, but, um, at this point I am setting goals with them. So I'm asking you, okay, so what do you want to achieve with your listening? Well, you know, I want to, I want to maintain, um, a level six. And so what pieces of evidence will show that this has been achieved? And so I have a listening station in my classroom where they have listening activities so they can see and they can, we can kind of graph and I'll chart them. So what are some action steps? What are you going to do? So I have them list two specific action steps that they're going to do during this process. You know, 
how is this going relevant to your success in school, especially with listening, right? So if you're if you're listening, you're usually going to be paying attention to what the teacher is saying. You're going to be more aware of what's going on. You're going to know what to do in class. And when was goal be completed? So usually we have our testing in late February, early March. So we usually say around, you know, after spring break or something like that. So, but I will definitely link some resources for you on how you can do that part with your students. Um, and then this is something that we do every day. This is what's called a level of understanding chart. So we start in the school year. I am um, teaching a lesson. And then we have what I call a level of understanding chart. And so what that is, is that each time that I'm introducing a new standard or new goal, they write that goal. This is my middle schoolers. I'm going to do a different for elementary, but the middle schoolers would write the learning target here. And so here is an example of what that might be, right? So I can make inferences um, using a graphic organizer we'll just say something like that. So that's the learning target. And so I asked them, okay, before we do this, I want to jump in and add, um, I have a conversation with them about this because sometimes kids, I know some teachers do like, are you a one, two, three, four, you know, they'll have the kids show their num their hands, but then they see everybody else's hands with a four or something like that. And then they are like, oh, I should be a four. And so, I didn't want to do anything like that. I just kind of want to be very, you know, I want to be between me and them and where they don't feel the need to have to kind of compete with everybody else. If they're really a one and they feel like they have to show a four, it just, it just defeats the whole purpose of whatever we're doing. So, um, what I have to do is I have a conversation about that. I, I tell them, I was like, you know what, if we're learning something new, it's okay to be here at a one. Like if I was learning something about, I don't know, physics, um, I am going to be here at a level one. Like I am not going to know what's going on. I, and that's okay. So I say, it's okay to be here. If you're learning something new, it's okay to be here at a level one. There's nothing wrong with a level one. Um, and level one is I'm beginning, I'm discovering how to do this and I need some more time to practice. Nothing wrong with being at that level. Level two is um, I can do this if I look at an example. So I kind of maybe know how to do it, but I, I need an example. Um, level three is I understand and can do it by myself and I'm going to be able to teach somebody soon. Or I'm a level four. I understand this very well and could teach it to a classmate. And this was so effective in my middle school classroom. So how am I going to do this different? So I don't think, if I'm being really transparent with you all, I don't think I have the patience to have the students <laughs> or the time and patience to have them write everything out. So what I'm going to do is create like a little sticker of some sort here, have my elementary students put the sticker with the target in the data binder and then have them graph it. Cause it just, it, I think that would just be too hyper-focused, especially the younger ones on uh, taking forever to write. And I don't think they'll be able to fit it all in this box anyway. So I'm just going to make a sticker and then have them rate themselves. So what I, what that looks like is that I have on my PowerPoint, I will have a learning target. And if it's a new learning target, I actually have them break down the words in there. Like, okay, tell me what is an inference. 
Tell me what is a graphic organizer. Tell me what is what does it mean to make inferences. So we really talk about the learning target and words in it and introduce vocabulary in there so they can understand what they're expected to do. So if it's the first day and they're learning this, they may say, okay, Miss Williams, I'm a level one and put today's date. Okay. Then we, and it's okay. Sometimes I have, I'm on a standard or a goal for a week and I, I'll show the same standard the next day. And then I'll, they'll say, well, Miss Williams, I'm, I'm still at a level one on the next day. That's okay. And then what I'll start to see is that Wednesday come along and okay. So we have still, still on the same goal. Where are you? And then they'll may say, Hey, I'm a level two. And that's fine. And then the next day, they may say, I'm a level three. <laughs> and then the next day, they may say they're a level four after we've been doing it all week. Some students, they might be a level two. Some students may be a level two across all the way. And if I see like, hmm, that a majority of the students are kind of ranking themselves. And if I've been going over it for about a week, a few days, and they're still saying that they're at a level one, level two, that's great. Now, I, what I noticed, I want to throw this in, is that some of my students, this was like my second year doing this, they will start doing this. <laughs> Which I, I was like, oh my gosh, like, what what is this I love it I just thought them they would just do things they would and they were like can I do this and I'm like absolutely like you could possibly be between a one and a two that's great that you're thinking like that or you could be between a two and a three so if your students start to do this I would encourage it let them or if you want to just introduce it um, that way you can as well. Keep in mind, like I said, for my younger students this year, I'm just going to go ahead and either type out, type out the learning targets. I probably will do that or get a sticker. I think they would like the stickers or putting them in there in the book as well. Um, so here where you see the trackers, this is how I measure throughout the year using speaking and writing rubrics. So when I do a give a listening assignment, a speaking assignment, or a writing assignment, um, this is how I measure throughout the year and they can see their growth. Um, the next tab is their own student data. So it's their pre-assessment, their post-assessment data. I just have them track that as well so they can, you know, if they want to track it for pre and post assessments in their class. Um, the next one is district assessment. So a good example would be our students just took a, a star assessment and I want to say they take it two or three times a year so they can go ahead and put in, I know some of the students at our district just took Ainsweb so they can put that data in as well. Um, and at the end right here is where they're going to reflect. So this is going to be something that I'm going to do weekly with them. I'm going to start off on Monday and our, my uh, classroom incentives are going to be focused around this. I kind of heard you, you all kind of heard me talk about this was that I was like, oh, some of the students had like this whole, they come in class, they get a stamp. And I just wasn't feeling that. I did it because that's something they were used to and I didn't want to make too many changes. But this year I am not doing that. So on Mondays, we're going to come in and we're going to say, okay, what's your goal this week? Like, let's set a goal. Let's set a smart goal this week. 
<laughs> what is it going to be? What is one thing that you want to improve on this week? I want you to think about it. Um, and then I want them to list what are two things that you do can think you can do to improve on this goal. And at the end of the week on Friday, I'm going to ask them, well, did you achieve the goal? And what would you do differently? And that is how they're going to get their five stamps for the week. <laughs> That's how they're going to do it. Like if they did this and they were effective setting their goals, even if they say they did not achieve their goal and they're explaining why they didn't achieve it. And then they can go back and say, okay, this is what I'm going to do differently. They're still going to get their stamps. Like I'm not, you know, it's okay. Cause there are some weeks I don't achieve the goals that I set for myself and that's okay. So I'm not going to penalize that for them. Um, uh, uh, penalize them for that. But what I am going to encourage them to do is, okay, let's set some goals and let's work to those goals, um, work towards those goals during the week. And that's how we're going to do our incentive charts. So here you have a quote catcher. Um, and then they also have a weekly reflection letter each week. So I wanted to share with you all kind of how I do it. I hope you took something from that, but I will link this data binder in my um, the uh, show notes. I will link it in the live so you can access it. A couple of things to remember. Um, the first thing is, is that you don't have to use the whole data binder. I don't use the whole data binder every year. I might use bits and pieces of it. I know I had some teachers give me some feedback. Oh my goodness. It just takes so long to do everything. And I'd say to tell them like, okay, the first week, like the, for me, like my, see my students for the first time on Tuesday. So that week, we're just going to talk about procedures, getting to know you games. And then that following week, we are going, the week of the 11th, we are going to do the data binder. And that may take us the whole week. And I'm going to do it in bits and pieces throughout the week, getting it set up because it's in a very important part of our classroom. So I want to take the time to do that. And then throughout the year, when we are doing just our level of understanding, that's just what we're going to be doing for that. It shouldn't take us too long to do that during the day. It's already written out for them. It's part of the classroom. They don't have to do anything, you know, extra in, in that regards to it. And then at the beginning of the week, like I said, we'll do like a couple of questions around their weekly goals. Um, and so it shouldn't take a lot of class time once you initially get it set up. And the first couple of times it might, but I want to encourage you, like, it's worth it. It really, really, really is. So I want you to, you know, first decide how your data binder is going to look for your students um, and then set a plan to implement it in your classroom um, and also set aside that time as well. So please let me know if you have any questions about the data binder. You can link them in the chat, tag me in the chat. I'll be more than happy to answer any questions that I have about it um, as well and how I use it in my classroom. Uh, but once again, thank you all so much for joining me. I hope this was helpful and I hope you all have a great Sunday. Bye. Thank you for joining me this week on Adventures in ESL. Make sure to visit my website, myadventuresinesl.com for some freebies and special gifts. You can also subscribe to the show so you will never miss an episode. While you're at it, if you found value in this show, 
I appreciate it if you provide a rating on iTunes so more ESL teachers can learn strategies and tips. Thank you so much for tuning in today. And remember to stay positive and always have high expectations for your English language learners. See you soon.